See me ride out of the sunset on your color TV screen. Yeah, I'm for all that I can get. If you know what I mean, women to the left of me and women to the right. Ain't got no gun, ain't got no knife. Don't you start no fight. Because it's TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. I'll win the fight. TNT. I'm a power load. Love it, dude. Watch me explode. I love it, man. That was absolutely perfect, man. Thanks so much, Teddy. So, Carlito, again, where we at? We are like even further than we've gone before. We're in Kitchener. We're in the Tri Cities. We're in KW. That's where we are. Is that what they call it? The KW. This is KW, Kitchener, Waterloo. Cambridge is a huge portion of the market out here and Guelph as well. But they call it the Tri Cities, right? Now. And it's Tri growing. City. It is growing. I think we're, I don't quote me, but half a million now. And when I came out here, it was 200 something thousand. Wow. How long ago was that? 2002. Was That's growing fast. It is growing fast. We have big schools. We have agriculture. University of Guelph is the agricultural center. We yes. have, uh, and we do jobs at all these places, all these universities. They're constantly renovating. And then we have infrastructure with the influx of people. Crazy. That mass influx from Brampton, from Milton, even from Toronto. People that don't want to. Put that price tag on the home, or they city. want to cash wow. in their chips the, now. The big city bullshit. Yeah, they want to cash in their chips now and come out here, and it's a wonderful place to live. Right? So that's important. You're saying that to really invest, get out of the city, and Kitchener's only 45 minutes an hour away, you're getting your bang for your buck. You're getting an area that has the oldest chair ski lift in the country. I know. We used to go there when we were kids. Yeah, I loved and it. You, you also have the Grand River, which is a huge na- uh, natural feature. And then also, again, you have all the agriculture and the Mennonite community is monstrous out here because it was German, right, in its inception. So you, It was New Berlin. We were, in, we're in New Berlin. When are you moving here, Carlito? <laughs> you know what? I would love to, but I'm going towards uh, Belleville. Everybody's yeah, Belleville today. going east. You're mentioning Belleville uh, yeah, over you and know, over. Well, our house is there. That's... The farm's up there. I have a lot of friends up there. Ted's my best friend. He comes in and out of town. We meet up all the time. I'm sure, Ted, you got a few stories about Carlito. We just yeah, did the Oktoberfest. We have oh. a couple stories there. <laughs> I think I think I was the story for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just but, think he's hooked on that whole represent the east side thing. Is that what it is? <laughs> but, so I'll let you introduce, and then what are we talking about today? So I've obviously known Ted since I was probably like five or six years old. We've gone through everything together ended up in construction together it's kind of funny i think i got you into construction yeah i, I was sorry to cut you off i was who's older in, I, hang I was, on a sec who's older oh i am two years <laughs> you like that in any <laughs> so we've we, only ever had one guest that was older than us <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny though carl did introduce me to the industry uh, in a way and then we both branched off it's funny actually when we used to do nightclub security i did mine in quebec he did his here, but we both kind of grew the same way. And the same thing happened in construction, funnily enough. And, they, you know, we reconnected five years later after the shitstorm, which uh, growing up and uh, and trying to make a name for yourself in the industry happens. And then we both kind of came to terms with we both kind of had a similar system, even though we grew them apart. Just logically what things worked, specifically for what I do, which is finishing, right? Interior finishing, plaster, mudding, all Got those. It. Well, we both started in insurance. Paint. Yeah, yeah we tile. did insurance work, both of us. He worked with a different crew than me. So. A lot of guys started in insurance work. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, was a lot of place. opportunity there. And you could be 
I'd say those people still exist. You know, you have your Paul Davis. Woodhouse is big out here. They went, to, they sold, and then they came back. And then you have Paul Davis, uh, first on site. All those guys still support it. There's a big network of people that do that. You can't go in and get a stack of invoices anymore and then go make gold. You know, you have to. I think they hire a lot of <laughs> they hire a lot of hourly people now. They're controlling that that heavy flow of uh, dough from the insurance companies. So. Got it. So you got a business, and it's called Paint Ready. Paint ready, finishing. finishing. That one's been in place for about 10 years. Typically, I do a lot of subcontracting off the main company. So I have one parent company I work for now pretty exclusively. And then every year is different. Right? Every year can change out here. What was the bug that, like, like I mean, if you guys got into construction around the same time, what was the bug that made you get into construction, stay construction? Because I heard off mic that you've done quite a few other things as well. Yeah, I was working in nightclubs, doing um, concert security, front stage security, uh, nightclub security. See the youth of our generation yeah. at their best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's really, I, I guess for some, there's a there's a, a long game in there, but I didn't see one. And, uh, well, and I, I think really where it started for me and Ted was I would always put holes through doors yeah. and drywall. I had a problem uh, directing my anger, my aggression, and uh, I started to learn how to mud early. <laughs> <laughs> I had some college roommates that uh, I learned that one on too. Lots of holes fixed when I was the name on the lease, right? The patch fixers, patch huh? Fixers, yeah, yeah, just patch fixers, man. But painters too, right? Because that's available. I Basically, remember, I remember you guys are artists. His parents would go away out of town. They'd go to Cuba or whatever, back home, back to Croatia. And he'd, he'd be like, we're, we're redoing their kitchen for them. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like you know, you try to be the voice of reason. Your mom didn't ask us about this. And, and she didn't ask you to do it. And she's not going to like it. He's like, 100% we're doing this, right? So <laughs> that was it. And that was the crash course. You learn about TSP and stripping cabinets and painting. And we never did anything half-assed. It was just you immerse yourself, right? And, and I, there must be a love for it there. And I had a gentleman about 10 years ago. I was hand-skimming out a garage for a, a wonderful client. The bricklayer was really top drawer, like something I'd never seen, wicked stonemason. And he had actually had an old gargoyle he installed for these people over the garage. Wow. And I was like... Just fascinated by the job. One of those jobs that tickles you a little bit. It's not the production, the assembly line. And then I was hand skimming the garage, and I, like I'm just flowing, like just just moving that trowel. And he's like, "You were born to do this." And half me took it as an insult, and then the other side, like, there's days that it is I revel in it, you know. And there must be some connection. I should yep. I should be doing the hand thing's one thing, but also just um, I used to call it an industrial art form. Because at the end of the day. You've done a good job if you make it look how it's supposed to look when you're finishing. There's not much pat on the heads or good job. You get it, but it's more like there's the bad job, right? Have you seen no, your share out. of experiencing what the bad job looks like? Oceans. Oceans of Oceans it. Oceans eh? of it, yeah. Like you're just dumbfounded. You just shake your head and you go, how did you get to that conclusion? I see it every day. And uh, I have come to the, another conclusion that nobody cares. It's really there. The, the gentlemen and the ladies, because we have those in this, in this trade too, and some of them are fabulous. Actually, a lot of girls mudding. Yeah, they're fabulous. I mean, they can't dig the dog uh, like what I used to do 20 hours a day to push out these 10,000 foot homes. I'd push out two a week back yeah. in the day. I, I couldn't expect anyone, you even a, a man, full even house men. two a week. I do two ten thousand feet board houses in a week. Holy cow! And back then it was only like eighteen cents a square foot, so I was killing myself for very little gain. But you do it because they're asking you to. And back in those days, especially late nineties, early two thousands, there was this carrot dangled and this weight over your head about you're lucky to be working. Yes. you know what I mean. And that I think that fueled a lot of guys into attrition. You know what I mean? They fueled them into attrition where they became those butchers. And then I went the craftsman route. And I did blend it for a while, and I got really good at the two-coat. Well, two you had to. You had to make money. I had to. I got really good at the two-coat special, and then 
And then you get humbled those few times. And those times I got into a commercial project where the ceiling's, you know, like 600 feet long. And now a butt joint that works in a house will not work here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a bead that will work, you, you know what I mean? You're putting a bead on with a laser or back in those days, a really long string line. And you're finding out, you learn. And to become a journeyman really takes 20 years. You're solid in five. In 10, you're real good. If you're paying attention, you're a craftsman, like I said, or a craftsperson. And then you can dig deeper. You can accept the new things that are coming, the new tools, the new tricks. Or you can be the old dog. And both work, but one's better, right? You get a certain group of people going down one way. You get a certain group of people going down the yeah, other I, way. I know people that won't deviate their system. They're, you just, know? they're just stuck Some old noofy telling me you put one Tim Hortons cup in the mud for taping and two for skim. I'm like, the mud's different every day, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't want, That's the possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But he would never leave that, you know? And, and as a point, his tapes would always crown because the mud was too thick behind it. You know, just the simple things he was missing. So how many years of mudding? 20 straight. 20 straight years straight, of mudding. Straight, yeah. I can only assume 20 years of straight mudding, it's evolved dramatically in the last 20 years? Yes and no. Yes and no. It has evolved. Tools have evolved greatly. Yeah, that's. I guess that's the the priority. But the physical compounds have also evolved greatly, for the better and for the worse. They we went through a roller coaster of really good old school. These old uh, Italians and the few guys that were in the trades that were they were getting out when I came in, and they used to mix the mud the night before, and then we got premix, which you see now when you go to Home Depot, everything the boxes, the pails. That's what all, everybody's doing. It's all premix. That never used to exist. They would yeah. they would mix it the night before, go in with a potato mash the next day. They'd always use Durabon. They'd pre-fill everything with Durabon, trim everything. Lost was... art. Yeah, they'd trim this everything. This is custom. This is custom? No, this is all tapers. All tapers. Back in the day, outside of a few, what we call shackers, the piece workers. Okay. Those guys that are in shacks were always motivated by speed. So everyone else who's, so the shackers, say you go downtown Toronto, big project, or Bayview Towers that was 10 years ago, right? You've got your beautiful guys doing the lobby in the hallways. And then you've got a monster of partial journeymen just banging out the the units each of right? the units yeah and they're the, the quality difference is night and day for sure that's interesting so the quality guys are in the main lobby yeah and, first impression and, yeah typically yeah. and the and the offices and the areas that no one really gives a shit about <laughs> pretty get much done by the the journeymen or upcoming and, trader and, and, tradesmen and, you know it took me years to wrestle this one that those individuals are worth something to the companies too because the deadline, you know, and my wife's this really heavy director and project manager. She, she, she schools me on this all the time, but it's those driving forces and motivators. If they miss a deadline, they're on the hook yeah. for tons. Fines. Whereas, yeah, whereas, so they'll pump it out with these attrition labor and then they'll have me go back and fix it. <laughs> because it's cheaper to have you go back and fix the problems it, and than to lose the contracts or the penalties. They'll leave me there six months sometimes and without divulging how much I generate as an income. Wow. I've been on projects doing service for six months. You know what I mean? It's happened. Not with the current company I'm with, them, but uh, many times in my career. So, I mean, you said Durban, which... Carlito, myself, and you, I'm assuming, they're not using it. Like no. When I tell them, listen, are you guys bringing bags of Durban in? It's kind of like a Bambi and the headlights going, huh? What do you yeah. want? Or gonna... are you crazy? Yeah. yeah. That's what I always get. Are you crazy? You're working with Durban? So did the premix kill the industry? Did the premix? Yeah, I think you nailed it there, Manny, to some degree, because a lot of the guys I do work with, even some who are quite skilled, will not deviate. 
Even if they're going to pre-fill, they're going to use the takes, pre-mix. It takes longer. It takes longer. But if you pre-fill with pre-mix, also, if areas don't dry, then you put a wet tape over top of that. It has a potential to crack. You're curing at two different rates now. Pun intended, you're compounding problems. Yeah, there. you're exactly. I like that. That's yeah, exactly I like that what too. you're doing, right? That was good, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I've got a few good yeah. ones. A good mud joke. <laughs> and, and, and back to the original question. Yeah, so the old guys, would, would they would trim everything. And uh, pre-filled Durba. And then they put a coat, they put the tape coat Which on. Which is what I love to hear. Yeah, and then they put a tape coat on, and they put three coats on, on everything. Bud Speed's nails used to be the standard, but they do it on flats, they do it on screws, they do it everywhere. That was it. And then they had very minimal sanding, because they put all the extra coat on. They would put the work there. It's a fuller job, it's a complete job, but it's, it's done right. And then we had this wicked time of 20 years, I'd say, and I was there for about seven or eight of that, where we got into it. They named a compound two coat. Company Protex. That was the name. Yeah, it was Compound two, two Coat. Two Coat Special. There, sorry, it was called Two Coat by Protex, which eventually became Certainteed. You know, as the, yes, as yes. It, 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 there was quite a few companies before it was Certainteed. They had a Two Coat system, and they I saw it a few years ago. They still make it. We sh- saw it like just show up in truckloads on site. <laughs> guys are like tape and cover right away. Rough sand skim tomorrow, and then get out. Sand but it. but a and big... I'm like and I'm like that's not good enough. And they're like. If it's bad, we'll beg forgiveness. And that was the first time I saw the driver of the timing of a job. You know what I mean? They didn't want to expand the time, so they're going to sacrifice quality. And then sometimes it's cost, right? But it's... It was the first time I, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was like, but really? also oh. a large thing happened. Machines came into play. Certainly. So guys went from hand troweling, which I was taught to hand trowel. Yeah. And then guys like yourself got on the machines. Like you got me into the machines and I still haven't mastered that. That's an art of its own. But you have to think about what happened with me. It was an evolution. I was troweling hawk. I was running what we call wet tape. Because yeah. it's the only way to really get in and out of the house quickly. So I was running all the wet tape. I was pre-filling. Trowel and hawk. Trowel and hawk. You got not a lot of guys hawk, man. No, and then that's uh, all I do now. And then you get you got guys that are big on Instagram that are hawk and knife, which I never saw because you were either trowel and hawk or you were pan and knife. So the guys out here that that use knives, they're out of a pan with really loose mud. And it's a different game, whereas trowel's more like a plasterer. Right? That's funny you say that because I'm a knife hawk. Knife hawk, yeah. I'll knife hawk as well. And I know that uh, other people I follow on Instagram are knife hawk. I do the same I, thing. I still yeah. have my dad's original hawk, which has got to be like 40 years old. I got two new Richard ones, but the thing is, my, I got my dad's old one, right? Which is, I don't know why. It's just it's still good. Hey, it's all good, man. I, I, as long as it works, yeah. it's fine. Like, and it's I, caked. I, I, yeah, I go through that. <laughs> no, 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 because I grind it. I wire no, brush I, grind it. No, I like it, it on there because nothing falls off. I clean it, right? So it's, it's nice. I, just, right? I destroy them. My preference is the Marshalltown Magnesium Hawk. It's a, yeah, it's it's a, a nice beast. One? Yeah, it's, it's big. Beast. And it's, if you, I, I have a 20 inch trowel, so, which I use. <laughs> I use that a bunch. But, well, you're a tiny guy, so you yeah. can handle a 20 inch yeah. trowel. <laughs> so I, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my go to to level butt joints. They're afraid of it, you know, so I bring out the 20 inch trowel. This, this is fascinating <laughs> shit. I mean, like, I, I actually want to get into it since you talked about the instagram boys why is it that um i don't want you to take offense to this but why is it that drywall guys on instagram or social media think that their job is the most important fucking job of the entire <laughs> construction industry why is that why well, why do they think that the drywall and mudding is the most important part of of dry of I, construction well i mean there's a, I, let me give you the best one i've ever heard and i didn't i didn't well, I'd love I, to I, I didn't this. coin this you know the difference between a puppy and a taper what? Eventually, the puppy stops whining. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get in trouble for that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it's true, and it, it's real. It, there's a reality to it. So when I have good drywall in front of me, I'm the happiest guy in the world. I'm whistling at work. The radio's cranked. I'll pump out your job beautifully in record time. 
When it's bad, I want to fucking shoot myself. You and what's what I mean? bad like, to you? Bad screws, bad board placement, broken corners, broken flat joints. And, you know, I... I screws I, too far in, too, too far, far out. in, too far out. You know what I mean? The corners overlap, so I have to trim every corner before I can install bead because and some of these will cascade and that'll be the whole project. And, exactly. And, you know, you're. Uh, I, I remember I had a guy uh, I used to work for and I back charged a really minimal amount and it was like 400 bucks, but there was a hundred instances of damage in the house. And I, uh, I said to him and he said, well... I, I can't backcharge this guy. Like, I don't want to take the money from him. And I said, but it's okay to take it from me. And he said, how do you mean? I go, I, so you don't want me to fix it? And he, then the hamster cage started going, and he cut me the check, and he said, don't take any more houses that look like that. I'm like, yeah, like, you're going to let me walk on a house. But still, it was like that relationship between borders, it always starts with framing, right? So if the framing goes downhill, then the board guy, he's like, fuck that. I don't care. Yeah, the, I don't care. The painters, the tapers can do it. And then the, the crappy attrition tapers are like, well... I, I just get paid to make, make the walls smooth. So I'm going to tape two coats and I'm out. And if it's bad or that joint flashes, it ain't on me. That's service. Wow. It, it's really gone on. And That's you're the right. attitude, ba though. Yeah. And back to your point, people just have been so upset for so long. Now we have the Instagram and, and social media has changed the dynamics for certain. They get to a point where, yeah, they, they do get a, a head about, like a big head about their project and what's going on. And I'm guilty, too. There's times I'll show things if I'm on a big... 100, 200 foot wall and I have to lay down butt joints with that 20 inch trowel just and I'll catch the light and just show and I'm not showing it to show off I'm showing it for Carl or for Carlito for sure. for anyone that sure. that appreciates what I do and wants to see something they haven't seen because his commercial work's limited compared to mine of course. and vice versa there's so many things he's done that I haven't done that's why I show it speaking of which what's, what's your handle on Instagram it's just my name right now. Paint, okay. re paint ready is coming up soon. Got it. All Once right, I get so. my kids to show me how to make a second account. <laughs> so you're like Carlito there. No, right? not at all. He's brilliant. <laughs> if, if I sit down, I can figure it out. It's funny. My son came to me with something the other day, and it required logic, so he brought it to me. But if it, if it required the nuances of what's going on today, he would he would have done it himself. <laughs> you're useless. But oh, logic, he, he gets that. Corner beads. Are you plastic or metal guy? I like them all. Every job specific. Tackle like of the task. What's the difference? Well, I, I love the Trimtex mud set corner beads for being the ultimate. For new homes. For anything. For anything. Because it, once they're installed, if they get hit, they're easy to fix. But also, there's a difference. So you have your laminate products. You have No Coat Makes a Bead now, which is a brilliant product, limited. And then you have the paper metal, which is the standard now that the taper installs. And then you have the old school metal still exists that you can screw on or crimp on or staple on. The Trimtex product, and they're not paying me for this, which is unfortunate, but... <laughs> Sorry, that's my coffee maker. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on. That product is a laminate, but it also has mud legs. And by mud legs, I mean the holes in it. If you roll the laminate on, whether you glue it on or, or install it with mud like it's directed, then you have another opportunity to grab onto it. Like Got plaster, it. like the fingers in the lath. It's yeah. the same idea yeah. in a micro scale. And I find I've never had it fail on me in that respect. Uh, the only, I have had it fail but only when I was trying to do something hinky with a deleted window trim or something. Where might disconnect with Trimtex, right? Because I've been vocal about Trimtex is when they started diving into the world of wainscoting and doing profiles and doing all that kind of stuff. That's like you're tapping into craftsmanship about trim carpentry and wood. And I've always been a fan of wainscoting should be wood driven. I, I'm with you on that for lots of reasons. Sorry yeah. if you have more. No, to no, say, no, no. That's, that's the reason I'm why. with you because most of the times when those applications come up, they're edge, like they're window return, something like that. Trimtex plastic, it's better than metal, but it's still not going to stand up to condensation and all those uh, no. issues. We do a lot of shadow mold, especially up at the universities and uh, commercial projects that are fine line. I always kind of, 
I'm pushing in that direction. I'm like, why isn't your mill rates, like why aren't your mill workers, not mill rates, but how, why aren't your mill workers doing this? Yeah. Why wasn't this contracted by on their side? And they seem to, it seems to be a cost saving. It's a cost. It's 100% yeah. costing because that's a lot cheaper to do it. But I, I could stand on, you know, the other end of the room and I can look at it and I'm like, that's not wood. That's not mill rate. That, that, that's yeah. not mill work. And, and I know for a fact And it won't not. take the abuse. It won't take the abuse. And the, and the even, purpose of a chair rail. Durban, which the, I love, exactly. it, it's, still, it's still a compound. It's the best one we it have. Is, it's the it's, most integrity we have it's but still, it's not wood yeah because you can kick wood it gives it a patina a dent and it's nice <laughs> well that's the thing about it is yeah, that's true these yeah. companies have forgotten the reasoning behind a chair rail or the reasoning behind wainscoting why it was first developed and designed the reasoning behind coffered ceilings and yeah. things like that so there's a lot of reasoning behind it i get it that you've you've got one product and now you've got another assembly line and you can create that same product down that's the next assembly line yeah. and all of a sudden you can create more revenue stream but the problem is that you're actually slapping the industry in the face when focus on what you're doing really well and, and keep it that precisely, way. Precisely, yeah. precisely. There is a time, there is a time and place where it's solution-based and it's great that yes. Trimtex is there. It's yes. great that they're there when certain solutions need to happen a certain way and especially when we're in tight spaces. It's great to hear you say that you are job-specific. You go in and yeah. the task and you decide on it should be metal, it should be plastic, it should be... You, you know, you I, just, I was doing bulkheads today at, uh, at a car dealership and they were long, long, long and unfortunately the people in front of me, both the boardman and uh, the taper failed uh, so i was there tweaking stuff doing the service that i had spoken about before it was a couple of small things that i could have coached them on to get them there but if we had been old school 30 years ago the carpenters would have put a string line on it metal bead and we wouldn't have the issues i had today and what happened was there was broken board behind the paper metal bead which was just you know it's a laminate yeah. it's just wiped on and then you know you have this wonderful wiggle and this beautiful bulkhead that's meeting a fine line t-bar ceiling you can't have that we can't deliver that to customers so we fix it we address it we don't bury it but at the same time if they had to just old school or a laser and just put on the metal bead because you can adjust it with screws. Yeah. You can't adjust You're only up. as good as a trade before you get Well, yeah. that, that's the problem is that the trade that's fixing it is not the trade that's supposed to be fixing it. No. That's the problem. It should never be fixed. Yeah. Like in that instance, again, it should be the, the steel mechanic slash carpenter yes. that has that part of the job. Again, for 10 years now, they don't want the, the drywallers, lathers, um, steel mechanics. They don't want them putting on corner bead. But there's that time when they have to put on that screw on that metal bead. It's yeah. the only way to do it. We're at Google doing the, like, these glass crazy booths, like soundproof stuff, and everything's micro tolerances. And then they're coming to bring the glass, and we can't make a mistake. And yeah. they're asking me to laser on paper metal bead and adjust it with mud. I'm like, do you really think that's where we should be at <laughs> yeah. this point? We're, we're making it on a, a paper mache? No, you put the metal bead on. That's This is the time it's there for. Feeling pretty confident that every tradesperson's got lasers and they got levels. Pretty sure. My laser's gathering dust. I have a little beef with the... <laughs> Which one? I'm a little prima donna with... Well, I have a DeWalt laser, but I but I, <laughs> I have a little beef with, with the people in front I of... I do, too. I have a too. beef because, because the bulk of my piecework, the price is based on the fact that I'm not fixing your stuff. I'll happily fix some things, but if the framing is that far off and the board's that far off, then I need to laser the bead. I can't just roll it on or whatever uh, I'm applying it with. So you go then, back and, and renegotiate the price at that point? No, but I'll you go can't. back and say, and I'll go back and say, I'm not lasering on beads on this or, or yeah, sort of. Yeah. Like I'll add hours to the job or I'll have someone else come fix it and have it ready. The way you'll have a conversation with them. I'll have a conversation. I just, I'll never go forward incorrectly, but yeah, there has to be a conversation. But there are guys that will. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. We get those all the time, you know, and, uh, Ter you know, look at a home market where Terion doesn't have that many claws. You know how many houses I've gone into, friends have purchased, and I can see every butt joint in the ceiling. Terion's a whole other joke of a of a, Exactly, of an but I'm just saying that, you know, 
I've always held myself to this and I, I'm not perfect and I have all those skeletons in my closet. I have learning experiences too where I was really trying my best and it didn't work out. I'm not mm. perfect, not by far. But that's the idea. I've always held myself to this. Even in a small townhouse, chances are, regardless if that's a Chinese investor buying it to rent or typically it's someone's first starter home, they deserve the industry standard. You know what I mean? They're paying us a pile of money. Like the home, no home is worth what it's worth now. It's just not. That's like, insane. Like I know. The, the skeleton, the, 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 sum, the sums don't equal the parts. Like it just doesn't. So, but the least you could do is give them industry standard. And when other people fail at that, I get, I get upset. And I also don't like being lumped together with those tradespeople. You know, that, that's a hard one. But it's hard when you've got companies that are hiring these trades. And like you said, they're giving you an X amount of time to do the job and then get out yeah so they can only guys can only work as fast as they can precisely and then they yeah. get paid what they can there there is no overtime there is no extra bonus no. there's no nothing no so yeah you're right i've walked in into enough builder grade homes and you look around in the ceiling and we know that aged old trick in the 80s where it just stuck with yeah. popcorn ceiling totally. or it looks One good coat. from lakeshore yeah <laughs> it's basically it right but now everybody doesn't want that stipple ceiling anymore they want flat ceilings smooth ceilings are the way it's at right? which yeah. means you got to make two coats look amazing yeah, exactly, precisely. Or you're going to do a good level five. <laughs> Manny's right. Rarely you're going to get the leeway to dictate level five. You're never going to get the latitude financially to do a level five. You, you know better than anyone, everyone's using sheetrock. It fails all the time. It For sucks. Sure. And you'd be lucky to get sheetrock out here. Most guys would just use mud. Really? Because, yeah, because, again, the new production has given us products that shrink less. Uh, they're easier to sand, and that goes on and on. Uh, I could go through many different types of compounds we have on the market now, and I use them all, again, just like the beads in different situations. So you still work with all of them. doesn't matter. I do, but Durban's the is the 1911. It's the 45. Yeah. It does what I ask it to. Totally. Like, it's 100%. Every time I and something... that's gun talk, by the yeah. way. <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I'm not even a shooter. That's a serious <laughs> comment right now. I'm not even a shooter, but I've so I've heard about 1911s and Kalashnikovs. But like if I need if I need to go to where something's gone wrong, I, then I can look back and go, I should use Durban there. Or whenever I use Durban, I know I can go to sleep at night and I haven't hurt the customer, or the project, or anything. Like I. I like, so why aren't guys going the Durban route? Are they not going to the Durban route because well, they've got they got I've, an hour to work with and they've got precisely. And uh, most guys go in. Except for myself, Carlito, and a few other people I know, 99% of the guys I know, and I'm not knocking them because they're, a lot of them are great. They'll go in. They just start taping. That's it. Regardless, whether they're slapping wet tape on or they're hitting the gun and running the bazooka, yes. it's just tape on bare drywall. We do have good compounds. We have certain teed yellow, and I'm plugging them for free, but certain teed yellow is, is heavy glue. They have a black version we use in uh, commercial projects. Oh, I haven't that seen black. You couldn't, you couldn't get it off your knives. Like this, it's for laminating <laughs> drywall into concrete. It's... It's like the most glue you've ever seen in a compound. Oh, wow. But if you tape with those products, you're probably going to have a lot of success. But if you do overthin it, if you know, if you do tweak it too far in one direction, you don't have a pre-fill of Durban behind you to, to hold you flat, to Some hold body. you from cracking. You don't have any body behind it. Are you gonna, I, hate to, I hate the term get away with it because that's not true. Because some guys are really good at bazooka tapers. They'll put three coats on top. you got at least 25 years of a beautiful rendered job. But then there's all the other guys in between, which they're plentiful. Yeah. Now, rendering is like a quality word here. <laughs> like you just, you just said rendering and bazooka in yeah. the same yeah. sentence. In my world, that doesn't work. Yeah, rendering well. is a level five. Rendering is a feathering out. Rendering is quality artsman, craftsman stuff. Sure, but so bazooka doesn't go with. It does if you're the kind of guy that uses that for your joint treatment. If your joint treatment's bazooka born, 
you could still be a wicked mutter on top of that. Those guys exist. And the real trick is that I learned from you is pre-fill. Yeah. If you're going to run paper, you have to pre-fill. You know, you could Durban pre-fill. Durban pre-fill, really tight. Five but that's handwork not, again. Yeah. Are we going to get in a lot of trouble here from all the guys on Instagram no, saying, what no, the no, hell no. are you Actually, guys talking I'm, about? I'm just waiting to kind of catch up because I got a lot to say about mud too. And I, I think, I'm surprised that you're so quiet, man. Well, you <laughs> know what? Me go. There's a lot to learn from Ted. <laughs> Got it. And there's a lot of stuff that you and I don't do. We don't do as much commercial work. He bounces back from residential to commercial. He also does union work, but he does personal work also. He's like very diverse this way, right? So he gets to see the both of the animals. Like he gets to do quality custom work, like real custom work. We know when someone says a custom house, it's not a custom no, house. No. It's a title of, hey, I do custom homes. Yeah. doesn't mean it's a custom home. When Ted says he's doing a custom home, we're talking about custom home. The detail, there's no room for callbacks. You'll for lose sure. potential business. And they're harder for me to tackle a solo as I age. You know what I mean? They certainly are like... <laughs> <laughs> you remember coming out to Georgetown that time? So the, the customer picked up the house, moved it across the street. Big project for his kid. Then he took the lot and he built a beautiful home. In that home, he had more diamond coffered ceilings than I've ever done. It took me six days to put the trim on, to put the no coat on. Wow. And the framer and the boardman did a good job, but it wasn't. This guy was a machinist by trade. He owned his own machine shop. His eyes were laser microns. He's like, dude, I'm telling Thousands you. Thousands of an inch. <laughs> He's like, if, <laughs> if you mess it up. Well, you know, so, so I took, and it was still, I liked the challenge. I'm like, Hey, bring it on. Let's do it. Right. And I was trimming it. I had an apprentice at the time and he was doing some of the meal work uh, on the laying, getting the tapes and the pre. Did you say on. the meal work? Yeah, we call that yeah, <laughs> the meal work, the, the, the grunt work. And, He's uh, an apprentice, man. <laughs> good kid. Good kid. But it, it, you know what I mean? Like at that point he knew, he acquiesced to me immediately. He's like, well, I can't help you with that. I'm like, and I know you can't. And I wouldn't ask you to. Six months in. That's a recipe for disaster, right? So, <laughs> You'll get to that point, young Jedi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but, you know, at the same time, I was up for the challenge. But, I mean, those custom homes, and then I have other friends who are good framers that do the beautiful barrel work or groin ceiling, stuff you're not going to see outside of a cathedral. Those happen in homes, too. Real custom homes. Like, you have your production custom. You know, anything over 10,000 feet aboard, we loosely call custom. And I get those. And then you get the ones where the customer has an eye for detail. They want something specific. And those are the challenging, the most fun, oftentimes lucrative. Sometimes you lose your shirt. I learned from cabinet guys on one of my first big custom homes in Hidden Valley out here. This is where all the big guys live in KW is Hidden Valley. You have a few spots like that, but Hidden Valley is huge. Like the house is being built right now that has 100,000 feet of drywall in it. It's wow! Holy huge. cow! Yeah. Don't tell me one guy's doing it. Uh, I know. I, I used to work out with a guy who's uh, the brother. Uh, they both own the company to some degree. I don't know the full semantics of it, but they got the job when someone else got kicked off. We bid it on the drywall. We didn't get it. It was eighty thousand. Then it went up to a hundred thousand. Like this is a project. Like maybe you see a couple in King City like this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we have land. Kitchener, we well, King land. City's changing now. Well, back in the day, those were the big ones. Yeah. I used to get prints on something that was yeah. like a four-month taping. No, the, the Italians he, love the coffered ceilings yeah. and the big columns. Yeah, but I'm getting the sense that King City's becoming basically a track builder kind of community. Yeah, you, you probably got a lot of triple trays or double trays on the ceiling yeah. and a few other small details like that. And, you know, those really Neapolitan columns. God. I, I'm very, I'm very cake. So <laughs> no, I, I know you're talking about. They had, I think they had the McMansions. Here, so we deleted them. Yeah, yeah they, they serve no purpose whatsoever other than to annoy your eye, your eye line, right? Yeah, That's precisely. Yeah, they just break it up. I want to take a second to take advantage of this time. I remember when we were 18 and we were going back to that 
story about my parents going to Cuba and <laughs> and we were working in the kitchen. At that time, I was already working for State Farm Insurance for about three or four years because I was working another job full time. And these guys, I was basically sleeping and hanging out with these guys. And uh, my parents being gone was a great time to have all my friends over and, and not destroy the house, but renovate the house. Well, we thought we were there to destroy it, to be yeah. clear. Like yeah. the rest, everyone else wasn't Demo. informed. Everyone else wasn't informed. <laughs> well, we all did martial arts, so we we're constantly fighting, right? But, but you get to a point, the funny part is you you see who really is your friend. <laughs> like yeah. six people left, and like four of us stayed, and we finished <laughs> We finished the renovation. Right? So I, re- I remember this moment. I was uh, in the hallway, and you know, being young, we were enjoying ourselves. And I remember Ted looked at me and he said to me and cursed me for the rest of my life. He says, you know, you're going to end up doing this for the rest of your life. (laughs) And I was like, no way, man, because I thought that I would be in a different direction. Renovations was just for me to get money for tools. I wanted to buy a triplex. It was just growing on me and growing on me. One of the things, and you know, you, you said earlier on why do guys on instagram think that mudding's everything when i was a gc and running my sites it was almost impossible to get a good mudder like really? literally i could have 30 guys come through and i could not find anyone to mud and when i worked for the insurance company every job finished with mudding and that's where i learned how to use durabond yeah so the, the insurance company was like listen i need you in and out get the bag of Durabon. And I was sanding Durabon for the first few years. By hand? Yeah, but it changed me. It made me get smarter. I started getting tighter. I started getting better at my trolley because I didn't want to sand. (laughs) And these bastards were making me sand Durabon. And we're talking about Formicula here. And I want to get into people getting sick with silicon Formicula and so on. I want to speak a little bit to your point. You're right, though. I've also heard, and I don't know this 100%, but I've seen it more times I can count. So there's got to be a, a direct handshake there but the mudding and the finishing that's the beginning of the finishing trades so that's kind of the last installment where the bank or whoever the investors are turn over the funds right so the minute the primers on the wall which you have to be sanded for that to happen then the electricians can put their finish on the flooring can happen all that stuff can happen it is a real milestone in any project and it has been forever right but like you said yeah so then the parent companies we were all taking insurance contracts from we're like you need to be that has to be sanded tomorrow because they knew that that's when they could bill and invoice. Big or small yeah. projects. Yeah. I always had a problem with finding mudders. So I learned to mud. And I got better at it and better at it until people started seeing that I was so good at it, they were giving me jobs. Because everyone sucked. Right. And because <laughs> I wasn't after the fast buck, I was after making money to buy tools so I could get a van, so I could get better tools, so I could get more tools. I was in a different caliper than them. I was at a real custom finish, and I didn't even know it because all the guys I was competing against were in, out, in, out. They didn't well, care. You cursed yourself second a second time by being yeah. that person, and myself too, and not my whole career, but for large portions, uh, being that, that I want to have a craftsman's eye and a Got craftsman's it. finish and giving those people at least industry standard, or typically I like to go way beyond that. When you do that, you lose sight of what everyone else is doing, which is those timings. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have yeah. to make X amount a week to be able to afford my guys, to be able to do this, to be able to do that overhead the list goes on and on but that's where you get the attrition workers and like i said we get back to the point where every project i'm on i look and i'm like nobody nobody cares 
<laughs> well, you I'm get that like, sense. That's the overall vibe of the sense. It, it just happens every time. Like every time I get excited, I, even actually the first time I listened to your podcast, the good is good enough. You yeah. know what I mean? I really enjoyed that. You yeah. spoke about that specifically, Manny, and I, it resonated with me on many levels. Like you go home to your good, good enough wife. I, I won't do it verbatim, but like, <laughs> no, it really, it really resonated. It and it kind of, it lit a fire in my ass yeah. again. And I happened to be in the middle of some custom homes, which I was doing more than adequate job, like really good job. They were very happy, but I went the next level and I double checked a few things and I got back. Okay. I, w- I want to do this. I want to, I really want to do this. This is who I am. You have a hard time selling that to 90% of the people in the industry. They just don't want to pay it. It's not about that for them. No, they, they can't, but, but there is a way to make money using a better product. One of those things is when I started using Durabond, when I was working for the insurance companies, if I pulled out CGC, I wasn't out of that house for another three days. I'd be mudding for three days because yeah. I'm waiting for compound to dry. It was yeah. taking three, four days sometimes for a coat Wasn't to dry. Wasn't that the running joke, though, that they're not on site because the mud's not dry? Well, there was an, yeah. also was an excuse. <laughs> or because it's, it's raining. <laughs> well, it was, a way for, for, it was a way for bad contractors or bad mudders to get out of a house. Hey, it's wet. I can't work here. Go start another job because then you can line up another You're gig. really going to upset a lot of guys on Instagram <laughs> hey, with this I'm one. Calling, I'm sorry to say I'm it, calling man. it how it is. For sure, but you know what's funny? Funny is the first two things I should have bought or two things I have in my garage right now are really good fans. Like I have two huge articulating fans. I let them to my apprentice. He's like, where did you get these? I'm like, I, I can't believe I didn't buy them 20 years well, ago. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. You're saying that if you get air and you push it yeah. onto mud, <laughs> it dries faster? Well, it's called air dry. <laughs> yeah. It's not a it's chemical whoa, dry. Hey, I, let me write this down. Dry. Yeah. I don't mean that. I mean air movement. And I mean, I turn them on when I leave. I don't turn them on to do something in twice in the same day. Got I it. turn them on when I leave so that it's everything's equal when I get there. The I've never day. seen any well, mutters pull out fans. I do it all the time. I know, I, but I, dimidifiers. I don't see bags of Durban. I don't see fans. I don't see any of well, these Well, Manny, things. it gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. But, but it gets wait, better, but it gets more. worse. So not only was I using Durban, I was using it for pre-fill, for tape. Yeah, you're a nightmare. For first coat, yeah. for second coat. And only on third coat, you're insane. I was taught to only put CGC on third coat just to feathered and yeah, sanded out. I remember out. those days. I thought so, it was crazy. And this is what I did day in, day out. So this house we're in is first coat Durban. That's it. Uh, it's 11 years old. And it was my best project in the sense that I got to live in something I finished. Got so it. I saw everything I made a mistake on, everything I wouldn't do again. And certain failings, like he went further with Durban than I did. And I still wouldn't go to the extent he just mentioned. But I have gone further. I've got, I'm a one and a half version of who I used to be when I, when I do a Durban rendered finish. Why did you go further? You went further because you did because the r Because I saw failings. You yeah, saw failures. I saw failures, yeah. And I that's you losing money. And I want to be clear on something because we are going to get shit from anyone who's listening with, uh, with any sort of a business or taping savvy. But... <laughs> Carl. Carl. Are That's you Cuckadias, yeah. by the way. But Ted's dog is named Cuckadias. Yeah, si- simple, simple physics. I want, there is a physics lesson everyone can take from this, especially if you're a young tradesperson and you're getting into the trades and you want to manipulate compounds. It's all science. We're changing liquids to solids. You know what I mean? There's the dust component, but Durban's strong. If you remember your grade nine physics, you know what I mean? The harder something is, the more brittle it is. So the substrate matters with Durban. So when you're in a commercial site on metal framework, I don't mean a house that's a combination of metal and wood framework. I mean a pure metal box. You'd never want to use fiber and Durabong. I've seen it fail more times than I can count. I'm now, not saying it won't I'm work. I'm the opposite because I've done it for 20 years because, you know, I did a high-rise commercial. 
Like my mom's place that's still is residential. all metal. That's still yeah. residential. That's but I've, used, but I've used it. That's not what I'm talking about. But I have used it in commercial. Never had a callback. Okay. So, but you're saying metal construction. When there's metal construction, it's so... Well, first of all, there's a whole parts to this. CGC, certainty, nobody guarantees a span over 28 feet of drywall. You have to have a control joint. Things will crack. That's a fact. They okay. don't guarantee it. If they come in and they see a 60-foot wall, you've got cracks, they're like... Back to the code book, dude. We do not guarantee this. You need control joints, expansion joints. Minimum 20. Every tw- Yeah, every 25 feet. That's minimum. good to know. I actually didn't know that number. It's 28 feet now. It was 30. I think I don't... Th- you can double check this, but okay. I'm pretty close to on the money. Okay. Uh, I do this all the time. When you have Durabond that's very physically strong, the board shows up wet, which is typical. Like on a real commercial site, when I used to deliver drywall, we delivered 6,000 sheets to the post office headquarters in Heron Road in Ottawa in one day. I cried for days after. It was a hard just to get the drywall there. But those guys have no windows. Then they have windows. Drywall seeing elements or it's not or it's showing up freshly produced. Everything cures at a different rate. I'm just saying the only times I've seen Durabond fail, which is hairline cracks, and guys out there in the industry will be like, yeah, I've seen that 100 times. That's why I don't use it. Again, it's it's job specific. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying Carl's right. It may not happen at any time. In high-rise residential, I haven't had a problem with it either. But on real commercial projects, not knocking that project, but on real... Like Loblaws is... Or... Yeah, your Loblaws, your movie theater, stuff like that. You really just want to dry tape. Like, That's you, it. Yeah, you want to use paper tape. You do. No, the new, new Fiber Fuse is, is, giving, is pushing us in different directions in certain respects. But we're still... We haven't gone past old standard. Fan of Fiber Fuse? I, I do like it. But joints? Uh, but joints, but I've also... Uh, if, you, if you use backer board, you don't have to anymore. Yeah, but I don't like it on top of uh, repairs like some guys do. I, it doesn't stick to painted surfaces very well. It doesn't. That's the only failure I've seen of it so far. No, okay. and I, I learned this from you. Butt joints are the only place for it in my I world. Would, I would say, and then like, again, you could you could teach a monkey to do a flat joint. That's the one. So now they have butt board. Oh, yeah, we're going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I, like, I'm running 10-12-14 uh, Columbia system now. Got it. Uh, um, ten, tape tech. Tw- yeah, yeah. Tw- <laughs> oh tw- my no, God. Tw- plug, tw- plug. Tw- tw- 12 wasn't enough. He made uh, me buy it. Yeah, tw- 12 uh, wasn't enough. And then funnily enough, I'm, I'm an old dog, but I'm I'm also slightly slightly intelligent. So I got online and I went to the Columbia website and I said, what's up? How come my 12 isn't working like it used to? Well, the bevels expand on the board. Production changes. They're wider. Also, they're wider. But when they uh, then I found out, and like I've been using machines for 20 years, and I just found out that the 12 on Columbia isn't a true 12. When they jigged it, and tape tech I think is similar, it's actually 11 and three quarters. You may not think that's a big deal, but as the bevel's been expanding, I'll be running my 10, running my 12, which used to be gold for me. And I'll sand that off. Now I'm standing off and I'm like, that looks like my 10 work. So I went out and I bought a 14 because I had to. I That's interesting. I, I couldn't leave work like that anymore. And especially on commercial stand-ups. So if you're doing stand-up, you, obviously everyone knows what I mean, right? When all the board's joints are stand-up. Yeah. You don't have butts. It's just stand-ups, yeah. right? If you don't run a 14 on that, I don't know how you get. You look down that wall, it's going to flat. Is it true? Because I've heard this argument that stand-up boards like that going that length makes the wall weaker possibly but for fire code it's mandated that's a mandate that you have to on commercial i'm talking more residential yeah well that that would make it stronger then because fire code is about keeping the drywall in place for the firefighters it's also also about the direction of uh oxygen flow too i believe there's a lot of reasons like we also if we want to be you know bulletproof we do shaft systems i don't know if you ever worked with core board or shaft track or any of that stuff it's no so you've got a z bar with and the core board is inch thick drywall 
Okay. So you have, and it only comes in two foot panels. So you've got that and then a layer of caulking and then two layers and then the Z bar and then two layers of five eighths and sometimes spray foam. So Holy shafts, shit. that's a firewall. That's shaft system. That's a firewall, but that's what we call shaft system. And that's something totally different. But in those cases, you're piecing it together in an upwards fashion as well. You can't do it laying it down. Wow. You it's could, like right could, back to the old system. Yeah. You could put the top uh, five eighths or, or the, the, the two five eighths that are at the end up. Uh, lay them down like you would in a house but again you just wouldn't because you've already been building it forward in this fashion right? that opens up a nice little can of worms there what about sound you guys ever tackle sound yeah. boards everyone's Schools. like I, I know i know in Schools. the industry yeah, yeah. It, it was quite, quiet rock right quiet rock was yeah. the industry standard but now that i'm seeing other brands come out and they're coming out with membranes that go in between drywall boards well, there's also caulkings they, well, it's like play-doh the acoustical sealant you don't know how many layers you're supposed to put or how you're supposed to squiggle it or whatever right so yeah i've seen it many times that green caulking is uh, yeah. pretty prevalent for those applications it's you focus though. more on the mud and you don't focus more on the board no, I, I do the board's important to me because i do a lot of my own private stuff and then i, I always trying to push my clients to use resilient channel res bar first and then obviously your rock so bats just yeah. for bare minimum yeah like you're doing a base it's basic premise like behind the science go back to science that that's how you trap sound exactly the idea is you're supposed to trap sound you, d you don't want to create a solid cavity that the sound can well the more rigid right it is the more it travels yeah yeah like so the I, more breaks it has less resistance it has right and again back to me getting to live in my own projects which has been the the best teacher like i did res bar in my first townhouse basement it was beautiful you couldn't hear anything upstairs hardwood apples to apples and nice. this one's just did rock soul it's a nightmare <laughs> really wow yeah well if you stay in my guest room downstairs you, you'll hear me when i get up walking around making coffee. i'm not a fan of rock soul yeah i love rock soul i do like rock soul and again everything's application based like you're always going to find something better it's funny to me manny though that your experiences are so much different than ours because you got into the industry being a gc of, i got it yeah i got yeah. into the industry being a gc and i still remember my very first conversation with one of the first mothers that i wanted to work with and I asked him to put mesh Whose mother tape. was that? Or oh, you say mother or mother? I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my mother was a mother. Yeah. mother <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I asked him to put mesh tape on the corner beat. This is 10 years ago, right? And he just said, I've been doing this for 25 years. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I like I like your reasoning. Like I was, the project I was just speaking about where they could have fixed that skinny bulkhead yeah. by using metal bead. Then my next go to them is like, we don't like it because it cracks. Then I'll be like, well, you just put mesh tape mesh on the tape edge. On yeah, top just put mesh tape on the edge. First but go Durban. But, do but I First go Durban, and then Durban also accepts screws. So when you're screwing on your T-bar molding, you've got everything's better. Yeah. But it makes it a solid It's funny that you would know that entering the industry. It's funny, yeah. I don't know how I got that. I probably got it from some a trade show. I was, I was seed, talking yeah. about it in a trade Manny, show. Manny, I did that, and I got shit a couple of times. I By saw some. I saw some guys do it, and I followed up, and I was doing it on every single corner bead. And the guy's like, don't you fucking waste my time. Get off of that. And I was like, fine. Yeah, but the, again, that's not... But Durban, again, saved my yeah, life. Because this podcast that's is going to get a lot on. of flack, man. Yeah. I'm well, <laughs> well I, you know, okay. it's not bothering me. I'm well, just I, making I, an observation. I think everyone's yeah. getting better, though. Everything's, everyone's getting better. I have some junior guys that are these attrition guys, and they still call me for advice, and I appreciate that. Because they're calling me because they're like, it's halfway protecting their their names and their investments. But yes. And part of it's the respect that they know I have the time in. And another part of it's just like, they want to save themselves that callback too. You know well, what I mean? I wish it was more of the craftsman thing, but they want to save the callback. And I think some of them do move into that other field. You get bored and maybe you don't want to run four or five guys and do 20,000 feet a week to make your living anymore. And then if you get to that point 20 years later and you haven't learned anything and those guys have been doing this forever and you don't really have it. 
then you either change your careers or you're moving. You're moving who you are. You have to change. You have what to adapt. You, you have to evolve. No, I still got a lot to say here. This no is shit. Like, I know this you This is do. really close to me. I, like quiet I've been as mudding, hell. I've been mudding for over like over 30 years. 100 like, years. Honestly, like 30, 35 years I've been mudding. 100 a years. A trowel <laughs> is connected to my arm. <laughs> they used to call me Edward Trowel Hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife said I should have picked that for a company name. <laughs> that, that's a nice handle Eddie on trowel Instagram. Hands. <laughs> when I, the first job I moved out here, I did St. Mary's High School. And there, one guy there used to call me Edward Trowel Hands. <laughs> Eddie Trowel Hands. I love it. I was, back in those days, I was a young man. We had long bulkheads. I remember dumping 21 boxes of mud a day on a bulkhead. I was mixing, dumping, That's a mixing, lot of boxes. Dumping. That's a lot of boxes. Eight hours. Seven and a half, a really. Good, union, a good union. day for wow. me, a good day for me, which with tight work, now. is eight boxes. That's a really quality day. Four is a good job. Eight is like really filling some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can, I can, if I run the box, if I run my 10 on a load day, meal coat, if I'm putting a meal coat on, right? I like if, I, if I load the box, uh, uh, the 10-inch box, and I'm, I'm running that on butts, flats, and then I hand bomb beads with my trowel, I'll easily do 10, 12 boxes a day still. I can still do that. It, it takes something more out of me than it used to. The compound's lighter, thank God. If we were doing all that with CGC <laughs> Green, lighter. my shoulders would be in worse shape than they are right I, now. I never used CGC Green. I, was always, I always went right to red. I went Durabond, first, second, third coat, went to red. I'm still hand troweling, and I do first and second, and then I do red. If I find the customer doesn't have a lot of money and his budget's weak, I go one coat, which when I say one coat, that's pre-fill, tape, one coat. That's all in one. Yeah. Hey, you're a Sherwin-Williams guy, right? Yeah. They have USG1. They have access to USG1. Level five? USG1 is their version of CGC Green, but it's a little better. It's great for laminating, great really? for first coat, great for taping, great for screws. So yeah. what is all the difference between these compounds, these It's musts? what like you can what, put in a machine, well, what you can't yeah. use in a machine, the thickness, the densities are different, we, we, yeah, we have sanding some, ability. Actually, Carlito and I had this conversation uh, recently, less than a day or two ago. I have trouble with the whole term fish eyes. <laughs> so fish when, eyes. when you talk about compounds, huge part of the chemical process is air entrainment. And a regular new drywall job, when you're running coats of a certain thickness, you're going to get air entrainment. Now, typically what you do is just, if you pass the trowel one more time, you pass the box one more time, doesn't matter the implement, you're going to knock out some of that air entrainment. Those are those little tiny little air bubbles yep. you see, and everyone calls them fish eyes. Now, I've never seen a fish with 10 million eyes, and I've also never seen a fish's <laughs> eyes look like that, no. but we're stuck with it. It's on the box now. It's on the side of the boxes, like the quotes, you know, air quotes, like less, less fish eyes. But that being said... That's a big driver in the compound market. When you want something that tapes well, you have your, like I said, you have your certain yellow. It is the go-to for like, it's gluey. It tapes really slick. It goes in well. machines. It behaves like Durabond. It'll go in your bazooka. I mean, you wouldn't want to leave it there for long. It does. It gets hard. If you let it get hard on the drywall paper, it's like Durabond. Yeah. You, you try and pop it off. It'll take the paper with it. It's a great compound for that. But that's, then, that's the fix for machine work and not using Durabond. Yeah. So you want to go to that compound a layer tape and that's not using team. a prefile that's certainty yellow yeah. i don't know that cgc has um, an equal no but i love i do love cgc red cgc red again it's the 1911 it, it does whatever yeah. you want for the <laughs> but the uh, bang bang yeah bang. but then you have then you have a lot of a lot of people even hand tapers will use the machine compounds you have cgc machine mud and then certainty does machine pro they're very similar this house is well. I did machine mud. I find it found it evaporated. What's dry evaporation? Mastication? I can't remember. I don't know. But that that I find that happened. It kept curing, so I ran curing it to, too quickly. I did Durban base. I did 
10, 12 in here, and it was beautiful when I painted it. Still doesn't look bad, but I again I can see where the bodies are buried and and I find like <laughs> I, I find well not screw literally holes. not literally, yeah. <laughs> not the screw holes. I mean uh joints that were flat are starting to crown because yeah. the machine mud has gone over the last eleven years. It's just not there anymore. Even underneath the paint somehow. It did stay true. This is the companies? They've done something. Well, no, and I don't I, they just make it loose so that they avoid those fish eyes that air entrainment they make it. they make it in a way that as you're spinning more water into it to make it apl applicable through machines that that you're not getting the negative this is machine talk i want to separate this yeah no no but i want to separate it, this conversation it's still related to hand work because the hand guys used to use palm olive you remember those days you're yeah but like, that never really worked it never worked but it palm olive was it a scam nice. some guy tried to <laughs> fuck up all the mutters and told them to use palm olive who was, <laughs> who was the first idiot that did I that tried, i tried that Johnson and my, i tried that and did a whole room and i came back day after day after day after five days the mud wasn't dry and i was like what the <laughs> fuck i had to scrape it all off never again will i touch pomala <laughs> I, I got i got a buddy that swears by it and he also is one of those tapers that doesn't get shit on him like he doesn't have anything on his clothes he looks as good when he showed up when he left and he does a lot of work he's a piece worker he does a lot but it always <laughs> smells wonderful uh, <laughs> And I have to admit, the, another problem, we're, we're, let's go deeper into new compounds. The new compounds, especially the yellow, Certainty Blue, uh, I don't know CGC because they don't supply a lot of my sites anymore. And my private jobs, I'm in and out in a week or two or whatever, so I never have this happen. But if I leave mud sitting underwater and I come back, the sulfur stench is like unimaginable. Like it's black. Are you the sure that's not you? Yeah, I'm sure. The water, <laughs> The water's black. And I'm like, I find that with Durban. How many of yeah. these? This brings up a really but good. But Durban angle. wasn't like that ten years ago. It's like but now, that. It now, stinks. now it stinks. So yeah, how so. many do these guys really? I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So you've seen these images on my van, right? Where I've got all this material on my mm -hmm. face. I did a series of images where it was seven images or maybe eight images. I did, uh, I did brick dust. I did sawdust. I did concrete dust. I, and and then I was doing them in the photo shoot, and, and this then was, he did Colombian the, dust. No, no, I didn't do Colombian <laughs> dust. But this was all done in camera. It was not photoshopped. I didn't want it photoshopped, and it got to uh, plaster, mud, got to mud. Yeah. And I didn't think anything of it. But then as soon as they started applying the plaster to my the mud to my face, I started burning, yeah. like burning. And I'm like, take the motherfucking shot yeah. and got like three or four shots. And I said, wipe this shit off of me. Right. And then I later realized there are still chemicals in this shit. So oh, you talk yeah. about, you know, underwater. And then the, how many of these kids nowadays realize that you're still dealing with chemicals here? Well, they don't. It's funny. Um, there's a guy here, fellow Croatska, fellow Croatian uh, that I know here. And he's like, I enjoyed watching your buddy on home show. And he said, so I followed him on. I don't know if it was your podcast. Or one of your Instagrams where you were talking about what's in the thin set, how it takes the nutrients out of your hand and stuff. And he was he reminded me of this. It, it, it destroys your protein exactly. cells. Exactly. So he, he, he relayed that to me and said, I love that. And I never saw that one, but I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, and mud's the same thing. Back in the day, I, Durban used to fall on my lip, like really sensitive skin. It would be on there a second and I'd have to get it off and I have a blister. Now, sometimes like I'm traveling like a big joint overhead with regular white mud and then it hits me in the face. I look like a porn star. Like it's just like, it's disgusting. <laughs> Wrong but porn. I gotta, a I popular got, porn star. Yeah, a popular porn star. Yeah, but I got to get, I got to get that shit off. No pun intended. I got to get it off my face really, really quickly because of what you're saying. It's very toxic. Your skin, it's okay. I've gone through eczema. I've used every glove they make. The only thing I can do now is use, I have a really good moisturizer and I swear to God that's the only well, save my we should talk about the chemicals. I had workplace dermatitis almost take my whole pinky from pulling wet tape and 
you know, pumping out houses. Holy cow. And how many guys don't realize they think, oh, it's just mud. They don't. They're probably shaking their heads at the concrete guys cutting concrete thinking, oh, you guys are in a bad yeah, yeah, situation. Because yeah, yeah. those guys, no mask outside. No mask, you no can nothing. see the cloud around I know. them and they're like, but then, outside. But yeah. you guys are handling <laughs> mud, man. And there's chemicals in this mud. It's bad shit. Durabon's yeah. vermicula, CGC and Certainteen, normal mud, mixed mud in boxes is silica we're there's talking more. B- there's more in it than no that, there though. is yeah. but well, i'm just talking about how bad these are for our lungs yeah if you if like you just go, breathing it yeah isftc is probably the best part of the tapers union it's the training center and if you do a women's course up there or fall arrest which is now working in heights if you do it up there these people that's their full-time job most of them are injured and on comp or whatever whatever they're on but they're great they're thorough they're they're actually out to help you and i had a wonderful instructor there at isftc last time i did my women's up there which i've been in the union now for about five years but when the last time i was up there and he was like look man canada sucks he said if you want to know what's in durabond you go to the california website because they have proposition 65 i think i have that correct which uh, they have to label carcinogens so he printed us off the paperwork from california from durabond 90 and from the trimtex glue so trimtex glue has a formaldehyde content in it that's far above the acceptable parts per million to not cause cancer. You don't have that. He shows you the Canadian can and then he shows you the American wow. can. Wow. I've always wanted And I use Durabon all the time. Well, it's, yeah. it's, 20 it's, years It's over. the same thing with James Hardy's cement board where it's the yeah. backer board where you've got that California warning. Yeah. But up here in Canada, it's not there. It's not there. So what no. What the fuck? What is going on? Uh, it's a failing of Wemis on this side of the border and it's, uh, you know what I mean? Because it should be there. Again, uh, luckily, like I said, for, and I, this was a good one for me because someone was looking out for me and said, hey man, do you use Trimtex Blue? And I'm like, all the time. And he goes, do you use Durabon 90? I'm like, all the time. And he's like, you're in danger. Make sure you're protecting yourself. I remember at that point, I was telling MJ and some of the guys on the show, I was like, if you're mixing that shit, it plumes in your face. Put a mask on when you're mixing Durabon, unless you're heavily ventilated. I'm, I'm still <laughs> worried because I use it all the time. I still use it all the time, and I don't always pull the mask out either. So yeah, I'm, I'm guilty. But that's, that's the thing. But I'm that... careful. If I can taste it, I exit the room, I go get my mask. I really try and do my best. A lot of these kids, man, like we were all there, man, at a certain age. We think we're invincible. We're I, used to stand, I used to stand with a cigarette. Like and my well, two cock sideways like a Frenchman. Ted told me a few, Ted told me a few years ago. He was telling me that a lot of the guys in the drywall or the or the drywall and mud union, uh, when they get to like forty five, fifty, they're dying of cancer from the chemicals. A lot of the guys have. Uh, and, uh, it's not. I, it's scary to hear, but it it's is, true. It is. I'm seeing a trend of X. Like a lot, stomach cancer is big for a lot of people, and we can go into heme iron and plant based diets, but. In the trades, okay, they eat like everybody else, but on top of that, they're breathing all this stuff. And I find drywallers, too, are really, really take the beating with the routering. So they'll router pot lights over their head all day, and that's the same as Durabon going right in your face. They'll never have a respirator on. They'll never have. No, I had a couple union guys that were putting in ceiling tiles that would they'd make the boss go get them a mask. Well, that's asbestos. It is. It is. But I mean, like... The routering mixed with the ceiling tile, which most steel mechanics and guys I work with, they'll do it all. They'll do houses, they'll do this, they'll do commercial. I mean, that stuff, and I'm just seeing this rise up. But just in people I know, like two, three, four people I know in my industry, in my foreman, that have gotten uh, this stomach cancer. And in I their 40s, and their 50s yeah, kind 40s, of thing? Yeah, 40s, 40s. Wow. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, and then we had uh, one of the biggest guys out here, a uh, Croatian guy, uh, Filipovic. I, th- I can't remember. There was a guy out here that ran one of the bigger companies, and this is all conjecture, so you could research this if you want, but I think he went from pneumoconosis which is the one that Durban causes as well. Silicosis, your lungs dry out and they never come back. You're going to find shortness of breath. 
that's an inconvenience. Pneumoconiosis, uh, it gets further down to eat your stomach lining. So basically, when they diagnose it, they're like, you got two weeks. Set your shit Holy up. Holy like, cow. Handle your business, right? And, it, and again, so you, you can, can, you can, you can, you can research this uh, further, anyone who's listening. I'm not trying to say this is ironclad. Just do your own homework. Do your own homework. But I know that pneumoconiosis and silicosis are the biggest worries for us with Durban, ceiling tiles, routering, all those things. So are all these Boardmen aren't safe either, right? Like, it's no. not just us sanding. Are the they, boardmen aren't safe. Are the companies aware of this? Have they addressed this? Are they I discussing the companies it? are aware of it. And now, that WSAB has been pushed on to the individual subcontractors, everyone's taking a pause. And as a result, I've also noticed everyone's getting their coverage a lot better now that they have their own coverage. Okay. WSAB is actually, I think they owe less than they did. They were in debt like $15 billion when this started, and now they're less. So it's kind of getting better. As for the companies looking out for you, I, I don't know. I'm a subcontractor where I'm at, and they're good, and they used to do annual stuff. But a lot of the guys, you're better... Make sure your work in heights is, is taken care of. Yeah. You better make sure your WIMIS is done. And if you go to a respectable place, like I said, like some of the training centers, you'll get that extra information to keep your ass covered. But you get hit it's by information. But that doesn't yeah. really cover you. That covers the company that you're working no, for no, because no, no, you no. got well, the I, training. And if you get sick, all they say is, hey, you had the training. Well, listen, we all know WSAB, that's a weird monster, right? Because they care more about low-level falls, which they're going to yes. pay for for a long time, than you getting cancer. Like, they don't give a shit, right? Yeah, because you're just going to hit it. Like, the safety... I, it took probably 15-plus years in the trades before any safety guy said anything about respirator stuff. It's true. Like It's I only was, been recent. I used to walk around and pick up drywall dust off the ground, and I'd sprinkle a little water on it, and I'd crumple up with my hand, and I'd show it to the young guys. and go, that's your lungs, dude. That's what's happening with it's the dust. Your, your lungs are wet, and then you're adding that dust. You're to them. breathing that in. That's what's happening to your lungs. Put a goddamn mask on. Even a paper one's ninety five. That's a brilliant way of showing it. to Yeah, them. because it, people need that visual. And a guy did that for me, and he bought. He was the first one I knew that had a North mask. Young guy, younger than me. My big partner Jay. I don't know if you remember him. Many years ago, twenty years ago in Toronto, we were doing King West Village high rise, low rises. Uh, those loft condos when they all beefed yep. up in King West Village. Yeah. So he showed me that, and I was like, damn. That picture speaks more than all the bullshit yes. I've heard. And I bought a North respirator the next day, and I haven't flown without one. There's days I have uh, sleep apnea, so I wear a mask sometimes 16 hours a day when I'm sleeping and then yeah. I'm at work. So sometimes I'll go to paper just for a break. I'll do it for a couple of days, and then I'll see the dust is sitting on my face. <laughs> it's breaking through, right? Yeah, it is. You're, you're getting 95%. Nothing's hitting Especially you Especially with my nose, you pick up everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be picking up your socks when I breathe <laughs> um, I did want to see a couple stories Because I, I can see Manny like looking over at the clock over there slowly No, we're good um, My big turning point in mudding was I ended up being partners with this guy We had a company called Window of Opportunity He was older than me uh, He was like a mentor Whoa. to me Who? Window of Opportunity? Window of Opportunity Whoa, wow Whoa, whoa, <laughs> W O O. So we became partners. First, he subbed me, and then he liked what I was about, made me his partner. We ended up in business together. And one time, he's like, You know, you're doing really good. What I want you to do is, after you finish sanding, I want you to sweep up all the dust and I want you to put it in that box when you're done. Mud all the walls, get it all done. Because I'm using Durabon, I'm, I'm getting my, I'm getting almost on my third coat. On this one day, I'm on third coat, getting ready to put CGC on. Next day, I come back, sand it out, you know, real fast sand, sweep it all up, make it all beautiful. And he comes over, and I'm all proud. And he says, hey, man, what's in the box there? And I go, oh, I put all the dust in the box there for you. And he's like, holy shit, that's almost full. He goes, what the fuck you putting it on for to take it off? <laughs> and at that point in my life, I realized, why am I putting on mud 
to take it off. And that's when I became really good at mudding. That's when I started going on tight. Now I want to get back to the fish eyes because I hand trowel a lot and Ted's most of Ted's work is machine mud, but he does hand troweling. I find that when mud's on too thick, it fish eyes, which means it starts to get holes in it. Also, I find that when a wall's not insulated or it's a different temperature than the mud, like if you have a warm inside and you bring a box of mud from a truck in and you don't let it sit for 24 hours and you don't spin it up, it's going to be a different temperature. For sure. So when those two connect, instead of sweating, it bubbles. Oh, yeah. They breathe. The trick is always tight. The tighter, the tighter, the better. And if you see bubbles, it either means that a wall's not insulated, it's a plaster wall, or... It's on too thick. Yeah, or or the the board isn't cured. Uh, for once now, I think it's we're going maybe five years, maybe less. When I read, I always read the sides of the mud boxes because you should. <laughs> like you At just, least once. You should read yeah. everything. You should. Exactly. Now, and I also like to rip them off and show them to really obtuse uh, general contractors that don't provide heat, right? So I tell them it's now, it used to say you have a, you need a constant 12 degrees, 10 to 12 degrees Celsius for mudding to take place. Constant. And that's the key word, right? Because overnight. We, we, yeah. We have the overnight guys <laughs> that shut off the propane tanks when it used to be propane. Now it's mostly electric, but now they've gone a step further and they've said the board has to be hung and cured for three days at that constant temperature before before mud starts no but i'm telling you that that's their warranty ass covering one and but they're also showing you the, this it's all physics because they know everything, no one's going to leave everything it for we three do days. is physics it's no different than the bricky uh, with the brick ties and everything he has to do in the and the mortar and the tarping in yeah, the winter there's yeah. no difference uh, everything's just specific. And just like you said with the mud, if you bring a box of mud in from outside, it's like a hard box of hardwood. It has to acclimate. Yes. Like it has to, to, to a lesser degree, certainly. But back again, and I loved your comment, is that mudders do think that they're the most important because it's just been a, a, a shit show. It's is that the hard, reason why? It's been hard on them to the mo- to the point where most people They've go sideways. They've got a lot of flack, eh? Yeah, they go sideways. They're like, fuck it, I don't even care anymore. I'm going to pump out all that footage. And if anyone calls me, I'm going to beg forgiveness. I'm going to blame the framer, the drywaller. And, and instead of... Uh, and that's why guys have gone machines. But you Because people got, don't want to pay and you got to make money. Oh yeah, so you you're just going to throw it and on. And the idea that that I, I can't... like I There's tons of dust on my project. The system I use, even if I do it beautifully, I still sand everything. And I still rough sand in between because I have to knock those high points out of the angle tape before I run the angle machine. I have to knock the high licks off the box, the 10 inch box works to get the 12 on, or it's going to cause a problem. Like my work's clean enough that I have run machines over it without rough sanding, but it's not as good. Like it's just not as have good. Have you gone down the route of Planex? Are you still pole I ha- sanding? I've only tried uh, Carlitos once and I'm still pole sanding because uh, every need- drywaller guy I've given the Planex to try has gone right back to the pole. Yeah, it's a hard one because it, me, it, won't, it, it won't do angles. I got it down to an art. Here's my like. Here's yeah. my argument. Walls, it's amazing. Ceilings, ceiling fields are. You got to either be working at Cirque du Soleil on the weekends to yeah. get that perfect starting and stopping. Well, yeah. me and Ted talk about this. I sponge block the corners. Okay. So I know my cor- Like I make. But that I re- tool is designed for an opening to go into the corners, right? That tool is right. designed for so, that. So what I do is I take. So what I do is I keep the cap on. And I sand all the walls. And then when I get to the corners, I rip the cap off. I go as close as I can. And then I take a sponge block and I go over all my work. Because then I get personal. How do you do the ceiling? I'll pull out scaffolding. I'll put out a ladder. I just just know I don't have to change weapons with the pole sander. 
I don't do like, I don't do crazy I, custom I guess, work get, like he does. But I can I all pulse in. I, I have to admit they'll pulse any ten foot ceiling, smooth ceilings at this age. With uh, uh, it's a hard. Grade, I have a grade three separated shoulder, shoulder on it's this hard. side, yeah. rotator cuff tear on this side, and it's all it's my brain that pushes me through the job, not my body anymore. But it's also the I bills. would like I, yeah the bill, but I would like did we say the pills. No, <laughs> well, I think we I all have I'm this not, problem. We all have tax yeah. pains. Yeah, we all have tax pains. But they, no, uh, no, you have the mind of a young man, but you've got the body of an and old I, man. I just touched up a monster fuck up, like where a guy used a Planex and he went in, and apparently the guy was jacked, and he went in, and he just went crazy with it. And then yeah, you I, can't do that. And man. then I shine the light on it, and it looks like he took an angle grinder the whole job. Oh. I just skim every joint in the project. And it wasn't small. It's a nice tool, but the yeah. thing is, you need to know how to operate yeah. it. You certainly do. You and, have and all fairness, you gotta think, keep it on one I, I or think two it, speed. I think there should be a plane at Five on vacuum. Yeah, and you're not going to win those first 10, 20 jobs. No, nope. it's going to be a trial and error. It's going to be slower. Yeah. It's going to be slower. And you're going to go, fuck it, I can do this better on the pole. You, but if you could, if you could push that one down, it's just like the machines. You just have to invest the time. Yes, and I'm gonna have to get there. I'm gonna have to get there. I also like the idea of uh, not having to dust fly. Uh, That's what I did. Like my customers love it. No dust. Customers love that. Customers love it. Because like I'll scrape and sweep and sweeping compound and vacuum at the end of my private jobs. Uh, We have guys that do it for uh, the production work. We have a whole truck dedicated to it. Yeah. But they uh, and most companies do. But yeah, the private jobs. Private jobs are great if it's a full new board install even if it's an addition and there's a point there where it's severed completely but when you get into transition work then it's useless like it's all nitpicky and plastered old drywall and stuff i wanted to really break down some theories people had about paper and mesh and steel corner beads versus plastic and paper corner beads dun 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 so first of all they one, all work one, in the hands thing. of the master though. that's right they, <laughs> they do. I, I love hearing that honestly i love hearing that because it's true it is true say it one more time they all work in the hands of the master i tell the guys at work that we use paper metal predominantly i'm like they make rollers for those for a really good reason if you don't roll them the mud doesn't go behind you don't push them onto that tight 90 you're not getting the job done properly and they all say the same thing no nah, nah, it's fine by hand or i'm gonna wipe it with a sponge i got my own way and then i'm fixing their work and you know and i love these guys i do it's not it's a mindset that they adopted from someone yeah, else yeah and make i can't break through. Up not to i use can't them. break through yeah but when you see a tool whether it be an angle tape roller or a, a corner bead roller and you're using that specific thing you should just like if you clinch bead on it works then you derb on it, fiber the edge, whatever you want with metal bead. It works it amazingly works. well. I know. But if you put nails into it, and I mean like cowboy nail it on like the, the, <laughs> like the shackers do uh, on top of green lumber, yeah, it's going to twist and pop, and your son's going to come in your kitchen. You're going to go, what the fuck is that? Like, mm. the, you know, So you can't do that. If you clinch it on or if you use screws in the proper, the smaller holes on the corner bead, and you do one side first and the other side next. So I do sure, with the level. Yeah, you make sure you don't roll it around the corner. Durban, Durban, Durban. Yeah, and the Durban on the top of that, that metal bead's going to work. But but, but if, metal if it, bead, from and I learned this from you, you told me you were having a lot of problems for a few years with corner beads. You would be doing brand new homes, yeah. and the wood was so green still, and it's just a, another word for, for fresh, wood that's still yeah. fresh. Yeah, of course. It's going to twist. Yeah. the corner beads would crack all the time, no matter what you did. But again, it's the cowboy mentality with the hammer swinging, like just bang, 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 and the beads isn't on. It, isn't it funny that the builder will 
shut down the site if the client's asking for site finish hardwood finishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut them down, get rid of everybody, kick them all out. Yeah. But when it comes to drywall and mudding, which is the first stage of finishing, yeah. Kick all the motherfuckers out totally. and let them own the site for the time that they need it. I think every trade should be that way. I completely agree. agree with you. Every agree. trade if, should have their the week Sparky's, or two weeks. Yeah, if the Sparky's doing his rough in or whatever, like the electrician. Sorry, if the Sparky's doing yeah, his rough no, no, in, exactly. rough in. I don't. Uh, I don't want to. I thought be you in had his, another dog here. Yeah, I don't want to be in his grill or her. I don't want to be in her grill. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, I've watched. Like, yeah, it's we, we the all. The mechanicals have, the same way. They come in. They start running their whole thing. Nobody wants to be on top of it. It's stacking the trades. There's no reason to do that. And I heard. I heard. A while ago, this is five plus years ago, that Minto Homes was coming out here from Ottawa, and they had year closings. So they have candies coming out here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're a really good builder. That's Mento. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mentos. Yeah. This podcast is not brought to you by Mento. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's brought to you by Foo Fighters. <laughs> but they, they, you know, they were supposedly coming out, and they had six months to year closing dates where the house would settle. Pops, screw pops, everything be dealt with, hardwood dealt with before they turn over the customer. Well, you know, in this marketplace, that would never happen. Of like, course. it just wouldn't work. But they tried, apparently, and it didn't work, and they, they retreated. But I could be wrong. They might have said, fuck it, never came out. When I thought about it, I was like, that's really good. Like, I'm on commercial projects, and I've been on them forever, and I've, I, everyone I get to, I'm like, we're still doing this. Like, the project and we manager, still do it. Th- we're still doing the cart in front of the horse. Yes, we like, still do it. When I was at movie theaters, that was my biggest eye-opener of all time. Why? So let me run this through you. So it's union. And they're authorizing everything that never happens. Double bubble. That's double vacation pay, double everything. I'm working 19-hour shifts. Like The money's flying around. We're there. We're framing, electrician, plumbing, everyone on sprinkler, whoever has to come in behind. They do that. We board it. This is all happening in hours, dude. And it's wow. it, it's getting boarded and then it's getting mudded and taped. There's the insufficient heat. It's January. The mud's not drying. Nothing's going well. They're painting wet mud, and then behind that, there's other crews cutting holes in the drywall. We finished because plumbing got missed, electrical contacts got missed, data got fans missed. weren't put in. Yeah, fans were all that shit's going on, and then there's another crew of us guys from my company behind that patching, patching. patching sorry, with the heat out. We've got the the heaters out as best we can, and then we're but everything's wet and it's getting painted wet. Wow! And the guy, I'm there, a 19 hour shift, and the guy from Cineplex comes up and goes, "You're a beast, man!" He's fucking throwing movie passes at me like, "You've been here 19 <laughs> hours, beast!" He's like, "You've been movie. here 19 hours, man. Here's a bunch of free movie passes." And I, and we haven't started the bowling alley at all. Any of the drywall, the the hardwood, the bowling shit's getting installed. We got drywall over top, steel framing. I mean, it's wide open, and we're gonna open it. 12, you know, 16 or 19 hours from then. He's going to open to the public. And again, they're asking me, can you stay longer? I'm like, it's been 19 hours. I got to go. It's six in the morning. And they're like, okay, we got three more guys coming. I see the guy from Cineplex. And this is, this is a real eye opener for me, a true commercial. And I said, we're not going to be done in a day and a half or whatever it was. And he's like, dude, I got $1.2 million in licensed movie product coming that day. We'll, we will be open that day. And we were open that day. Like, it wasn't I, done, but... Oh, no, yeah. Like, certainly there was crews working after the opening, but they had the projectors rolling, which probably weren't projectors even that 10 years ago. But, wow. But then, it was an eye-opener to me. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, this is insignificant. We took black cloth and, like, stapled it to the ceiling, so all the shitty drywall that we barely got a chance to treat, pardon yeah. my uh, French, all the stuff we didn't get to treat up and high. We had black cloth hanging like you would at a nightclub or whatever, hiding everything. Just cheats. It, Cheat and, sheets. And, and everybody's like... Only thing that matters is those movie po- posters, the price for the popcorn. The so that's bowling, all that anyone was looking at anyway. The bowling alley works, and, and it was a real eye-opener for me because 
Years before, Carlito and I went to see Lord of the Rings on Richmond Street at the new theater down there. And we looked up at all these cube designs and you could see every butt joint in the place. And I, like, <laughs> and I was like, I had my ego hit the ceiling. I was like, those guys suck. And then I did one and I'm like, those guys. They, Are you they did sure amazing. that's the movie they, we watched? Yeah. <laughs> uh, could have been, could have been uh, that war movie too. Uh, could have been Thin Red Line. I can't remember. But, but it was a long time ago. And I remember looking up at these cubes and I was like, fuck, these guys suck. You every butt joint. Then I did one of them. I'm like, those guys did a beautiful job. <laughs> they, 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 had, they had 10 minutes to figure that shit out. Like, you know, and, and, and when you realize these drivers are there and, uh, you know, that we do have great tradespeople. It's just, everyone's path's different. It's the so, industry. Man. And, and but the Ted, industry. It's, but it's even harder than that. I walked to a site, 600 sheets of drywall in the center of a house with no roof. It had rained yeah. for days. <laughs> so for 30 days, this house had no roof and the drywall was soaked every single day. Yeah. So they remove one sheet. Guess what's underneath it? The mold. Mold. Of yeah. course. You know what they do? Put it up. Yeah. No. They put it up. Guess what they said? Put some fucking mold uh, primer on top. Yeah. They put primed some kills over. On that shit. Guess what was behind the wall? Mold. Mold. Yeah. Guess who gets sick? Customer. Wasn't our fault. Yeah. And that's the industry. I mean, that would be an extreme example in mind. But it's happening. Yeah. Like when you see drywall going in without a roof, you got serious problems ahead. Well, yeah, and I mean, I just finished a service project where there was a, a building in the bike room. People were getting mold on their seats, mildew and mold on their seats, and there was no mold on our drywall when I went in, but there was no ventilation. It was just trapped you you, in the it room. It was trapped there. It was trapped in air, that's and I was like, is. Jesus, like. There's so many pieces of pop, but I remember going in there and I'm going, it's stagnant in here. Like I can't breathe. Where's the ventilation? Where's the? And there was no HVAC system present in this bike room at all. Just cinder block wall, our drywall, laminate wall, wherever it was. And but Ted, like, that takes me back to this. Why is every other trade respected and mutters and drywallers aren't respected? We're actually literally taking in all the chemicals, yeah. and we're underpaid. Ted just explained it. It's the stage at custom building. Get me to my finishing stage, which yeah. means hang I know, all the drywall and plant. Something it. has to change but, when people there's, are there's, getting sick. Yeah, but there's more fear, right? Like I always said this, uh, and, and people laugh. Anyone in the trades will laugh, and even certain customers will know this. I got to a point like 10 years ago where I was just, ah, I'm always a joker, but I was a little pissed off with the prices, and things haven't moved. They're a little better now, for sure. If you're an electrician, there's fire Connect, there's fear connected to you fucking up. If you're a plumber, there's a flood or whatever. There's a fear, a real damage, fear, insurance Cacarias. problem. Cacarias. It's totally <laughs> That's exactly collected. It. Whereas most people, and I get this all the time because I do a lot of basements, they're like, well, I hung the board myself and I would have taped it, but I don't have time. I'm like... The board shit, you can tape your you I would let you tape a doghouse, but I'm pleasant. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's it, everyone thinks that with a Home Depot course they could do what we're doing. Or because their dad taped their bathroom, oh, I could do that. Just like me when I try tile. I suck, man. I'm horrible. You I'm know okay. Where your I'm okay are. sometimes. Yes. I'm okay sometimes because I am a tradesman. I understand plum level and square. It's ironic that you yeah. say that you're tiling suck because we just did a podcast where the guys, the tile guy was just saying that a lot of drywall guys were getting into tiling <laughs> because no, but of the he new only tiles. 
his own stuff. stuff right? Yeah, personal I, yeah, home I stuff. stuff from my mom and stuff. But I'm getting better. He coaches me, so I've learned some from him. He'll start me off, and you could see where he left. <laughs> Has he told you to but, use Mape products yet? Yeah. <laughs> well, he had brought Mape. I just said we're gonna get something else. I got. No, but you're 100 percent right. It's just like there is no scare fear tactic no, when it comes same to with this. Tiling. Because we Tiling's don't. Tiling's another yeah, one. People we, think they could do that shit. Well, there's also that fear as well because those are chemicals as well. That's yeah. like these Lime. kids think they're all supermen. Yeah. All yeah. at that point when we were younger, we think we're invincible. Oh yeah. But that that's a that's a creep up factor. Like you'll be in your 40s and you're like, why am I having a problem Honestly, breathing here? Yeah. Why am I having I'm a problem? I'm starting breathing? to realize I may have to check my lungs out. Why haven't you already? Yeah. Why I haven't have, you I, I, do, I, I check myself every two three years. Yeah, I do pulmonary tests every couple of years. Yeah. They're, they're mandated. You they're, should. My doctor's pretty good. She'll look and go, ah, it's been two years. You better go do the breath test again because I quit smoking 14 years ago. She knows my trade. I was borderline asthma and then I've moved down like 10 numbers. Nice. So I'm actually better, but I still have Simbacort. My anytime I get sick. I have to take an asthma puffer steroid inhalant because I'll get sicker because of the damage from the dust at work. Like she's that simple. She's it wasn't like, the damage from smoking. It was no, the damage from dust. It from was. Work. It was. It was a combination of both, and then it turned into just that. For people that are listening yeah. out there, what would they ask for to get your lungs tested? A uh, pulmonary doctor? test. You want a pulmonary exam? And that you could do at your own doctor's. You can. Yeah. Ask them. Tell them the. Uh, tell them you're in the trades. Tell them you cut bricks. Tell you know. Tell whatever you. If you're mixing uh, mape products, uh, standing on the pail or whatever, like you're, that stuff it, plumes is, in it, your it's face. It's funny that last three four years there's been a huge push on silica dust from concrete brick those guys yeah but nobody's talking about mudding no nobody and, and we have not look, yet I, no and we have to look out for each other like i said like uh, that wonderful gentleman who showed me that visual yeah, example that's of an amazing what's one. happened in my lungs it really resonated with me and i showed it i had other guys in the union when i was on heavy union projects go can you show that to the young guys they won't put a mask and i'm like yeah like it's it's intense what i wanted to ask you was the big the huge problem the big controversy that I always get is where to use mesh and where to use paper. My experience, I really stay away from paper unless I'm machine mudding. And even then, you know me, I'm, I'm a mesh guy. I like putting up mesh because I use Durabond. The only time I use paper is when I'm using machines. Or a firewall. Fair enough. I mean, I, I still use fiber and Durabond on, on custom projects. I mean, the whole thing, except for the angles. because. But the butts. You you, you use different products for butts. Paper I do, always for butts. I do. No, no. I, sometimes I'll prefer with, with Durabond, and sometimes I won't. I'll ask the customer how green the project is. Like, if, if, if a lot of the lumber in the framework has been there for a long time, then I'm not afraid to use fiber on butt joints at all. But if it's green lumber, roof trusses, what have you, uh, even with the resilient channel there, I'm a little skeptical. Another thing is, if you have to really trim your board, all butt joints need to be chanfered. Yeah, they you're right. Have to be. Nobody that was knows one of the that. first things I and, learned. And, and and even if you're using paper, you're you're fighting a losing battle when you don't do that part. Yeah. And if the drywaller doesn't do it for you, I lose a day of house over that shit. Yeah. I'm pre-filling, I'm hitting the screws, turning them in, fixing them, and cutting out header joints. Butt I think joints. butt board's gonna change that. Why are, are guys <laughs> not understanding that uh, butt joints have to be chamfered because the factory joint comes on the long length? Nobody teaches based, this. But oh, that's that's the science. You look at the board and you're like, okay, two yeah. sides speed, are, but I'm get gonna, it done. I, Certain teeth got a free plug for me before. Now they're going to get my uh, my raft. They have butt joints that delaminate completely. Like, do we'll they be, really? Yeah, I'll be on fourth coat, fourth stage, ready to turn it over, thinking about what I'm going to do. And sometimes the manufacturer process uh, has fallen short, and they'll be. I'll, I'll be cutting out the tape will be falling off, and I'll think 
I don't fuck up taping. Like, what the hell happened here? And all the paper for like eight inches will be coming away from no. the butt joint. Yeah. And this is where there was a paper edge. Nobody cut this. This is out in the middle of the field of a huge ceiling, 12 foot board, clean edge to clean edge factory. And they'll let go. And it's happening. I've had it happen on a flat joint. So when I'm going in, the spray guy's coming in the next day and I'm in there cutting it out and pulling out the sheetrock, Durban, whatever I have in the kitchen sink that day, trying to fix it and bring it up to speed. I don't want to throw them. I, I'm sure it's happened with CGC too. I just typically, me and a few other finishers have been noticing that. Uh, with the certain teeth board. I don't this is just up. recently? Recently over the last few years, yeah. Oh, and wow. And so now, when I chant for that edge, I'll see if that paper's loose. So I'm also getting another visual inspection on that joint treatment before it begins, right? Because, and now it's I'm good to know. I'll, and, I'll that's, look for and, that. That, and that's due diligence uh, for that customer, whoever I'm handing yes. it over because to. Because you're yes. working with such a quantity of it, you see more failure yeah. because it's such a, a large amount of failure. And hey, they could wipe their ass with this uh, certainty and say that it got rained on. And they may be right. I don't know. Like, cause I'm not there for every stage of the job. You're so not testing the moisture. A, yeah, content. the problem is this is what you're. This is what's occurring on your projects. Yeah, this is, and again, this is no. This is not science where I'm saying this has happened for the manufacturer, but we've just seen it enough times that you know. You start a, to if, question it if it walks like a duck, right? That's like, exactly. You're questioning it, right? But, hmm. Carlito, any more questions? Because oh, this has I been a fascinating on. one, and <laughs> I, I, I look think, forward to everybody's letters. <laughs> I I think that we should we'll do a second for uh, sure. Part we will. This. For we'll, sure, we will. We'll wrap it up. Hey, we'll do a New Year's one, and I'll get my buddy Wayne on here, who's the drywall surgeon, and uh, we'll ha we'll have a little, little different dynamic. Is if that you, if his you're welcome nickname? To have him. He's no, that's not his nickname, but he's 30 year old and he's the best drywall ever. So met. you're Edward Trowelhands, yeah. and he's the drywall <laughs> surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so he's Frankenstein, I guess that made. Yeah, and he's not the only one out here, but he's the best. Uh, so yeah. one last question. Sure. What do you want to see change about the industry? Safety for one, and uh, uh, they're going to have to open up the purse strings when it comes to finishing. I mean, the driver's money. It it's is. that. If you give me X amount of days for a project and I'm compensated properly for those days, travel included, whatever, overhead included, you're going to get a pro job. And I think a lot of individuals, men, women, the young people entering the industry, if that was put together <laughs> I think your stomach's growling Carl. that's not that's cockadillas uh, no you're totally if, right if that changes and also if the companies start paying for apprentices again I think if not. I think if you started educating the industry to let everybody know and I'll give the drywall guys this much that drywall is part <laughs> we're, we're in the jungle now yeah. we're in the jungle man baby <laughs> drywall is part of the finishing stage so if yeah. you've got no problem paying the millwork, yeah. the quartz, the cabinetry. You shouldn't have problem paying for the drywall yeah, and, and the, money. And, and drywall costs more from the pro suppliers that keep it dry and keep it tight. Yes. Like, yeah. And I, that's, yeah. that's key. You yeah. know what, Manny? I think you now understand why guys on Instagram that are drywallers think they're the shit. Yeah. yeah There's but, a lot of respect. But most of the work that them. I see is shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, everyone, everyone's doing what they want to do. Uh, I'll for, compliment for their reasons. great work. Yeah. I will not compliment shit work. And, I, and I'm with you. I mean, we need to trim text. their solution-based stuff to be solution-based and let the mill workers do their job too. I like we, real Wayne Scotty. You know, I, I remember me. My, my wife was lucky to meet lots of affluent people when I met my wife in, uh, in Toronto and, 
you never saw a, a stucco or sprayed California ceiling in a million dollar home. No, back. Now never. They're, now, they're, <laughs> now, now, they're, now they're twenty million dollars. They're not a million down in Rosedale. I, but, I totally yeah. forgot about that. That was a question I was going to ask you. Is like, is that a dying art? Because I still love walking into these older well, homes. Well, it's all knockdowns and, now. No, 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 the, no. The, the old concentric circles, yes. the real Venetian plaster. Yeah, yeah. the Venetian plaster. That whole world. We got a lot have of you gone into that? Some of them are gorgeous. I, but the problem is, it has to be done correctly. That's, there is no room for error on uh, that. I'd be surprised if we have five guys out here that can. That, that can still do that, eh? Yeah, because that do, I think is an art. I'm pretty gifted. I'm a, I, I, I can do California and stucco, which are child's play, but I have done some recreations like of, of cordis molding and stuff, yes. like plaster molding. Yes. I've done it with chalk lines and Durban sometimes because wow. the chalk's missing. I was so, gonna ask you that yeah. if you got into that because you do you follow K Reed? I on, don't, but K uh, Reed, he's a Scotsman and he does the original. He'll go into older homes, make do a, a mold, jig. he'll yeah. make a mold, yeah, and reproduce it and fix a section yeah. of plaster. So, those guys that, are awesome. My hat's off to it. That's yeah. a real tradesman, yes, I, I, that's, that's exactly it. So, we have a few, we have a few, but most of them are dead. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Any other questions? We got to wrap it up. I'm it's so only depressed. been 90 minutes. <laughs> I'm just so depressed. <laughs> Why are you depressed? Don't be. I'm hopeful. And you're again, back to your the first time I heard you guys podcast, uh, that gives me hope. But if we're talking about it, other people think, right? And we, we have to we have to light those fires. We, Ted, we, we have uh, so much we, to talk about. We have to talk about corn, uh, round corner beads. Bonos we, beads? Yeah. Bonos? That's we gone have to with talk- California ceiling. You like disgusting. that shit? No, 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 no. I want to like talk about shit? it. There's stuff to talk about. No, you like that shit? I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I thought it was invented for central vac, so your co- hose wouldn't get stuck. I thought it was a site-specific solution. So if you have central vac, if you have round corners, you, but then they square the baseboard and throw my. No, ther- but then they made that adapter you can do a piece that yeah. was a transition. You can do a twenty-two point five on the on the baseboard. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, That's what no, I always no, do. They invented a little adapter piece. See, yeah, my, my, buddy, my buddy just finished a monster home, and he chanford beaded the whole thing, which you it's may nice. like. Too. It's nice. It's better than That's round. That's nice as well. It's better than round. Yeah. So we haven't even gone into that whole world yet. Yeah. No, we, there, there's still this so drywall much, mutter. The machines, like you know, he talked about Columbia. I'm a tape tech guy. There's still so much to talk about blades and machines and bazookas. But I, I do like that we did talk a lot about health and safety and how dangerous For this is. Sure. Ted, like, how about after the New Year's, we get back together? Yeah. We'll do a, we do a yeah, part two. We'll focus we do a part two. Uh, mechanical heads versus flushers, the whole gamut. Yeah. yeah, we'll do everything. Tubes, bazookas. Because guys are doing it. And, you know, the guys that are mudding with their hands, it's a lost art. The machines are taking over. Yeah, but everyone enjoys a nice hand job. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a lost art, right? Like, yeah, but people are going uh, towards the machine work now. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> we're tapers. We like big butts and we hate shrinkage. <laughs> Ted digs do not level. I love them. Man. Then you wonder why I'm so sick. <laughs> no, that's plays civil. Things. <laughs> You're just penis I'm, joke I'm after penis to keep joke. It, I'm trying to keep it PG. And I, I would like to shout out. You know, there are great PG people show. in the industry. If we can encourage them to go further, that's the that's, best. That's, that's the best that's we the can most do. Important and be part. safer, like yes. you said. So, if, yeah. Ted, if anyone's looking for for you in Kitchener, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, usually, uh, predominantly, I'm going to give a free plug to the guys who take care of me all year. Gold Star Drywall. You can uh, order me by name through them if you have a custom project. But I mean, you can also pay ready finishing or uh, Instagram. I'm at uh, Teddy Donville. At uh, that's it. All nice. right, guys. Nice. Well, this thank is you it. very much, Teddy. It's yeah, uh, five one nine or six one three. Five one nine over oh, here. Oh, we have we oh, have yeah. two, two we have two two six as well. Six one three is Ottawa. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then we might. You can't as well. say four one six. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Ted, I'll thank you so much, man. This has been amazing. <laughs> thank you guys for making the job. Uh, trip to uh, no, 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 we'll do it again. We'll, we'll do it definitely again. do it again, man. This has been great. So he he spoke highly of you. So great to meet you, and it was wonderful, man. So thanks so much for the information. Get us out of here, Five one nine, baby. Kitchener. Yeah. Keep it real. Oi, oi. <laughs>